Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Well, welcome to the Side Action, episode 12 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Wex. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, uh, you obviously had a big weekend in Columbus. I had a big weekend in Mexico. So how did it go down there? It was fun, enjoyable to see all of our family and friends down in Columbus and uh, we tailgated most of the day on Saturday had an awesome setup with a commercial tailgate and my aunt and cousin's company was they had like an employee morale event that was going on so it was kind of a mix between our family and um, a lot of the employees that they work with so uh, and then the game started (laughs) and it went downhill (laughs) The Boilermakers got crushed by C.J. Stroud. New Heisman favorite, C.J. Stroud and the Buckeyes. He's definitely uh, closing the season well. They're playing really well after that initial stubbing the toe against Oregon, which we saw, of course, it's around yeah. Circa. That's right. How is, how is Mexico? You know, it was great. Uh, I think I talked about we talked about our bird that was you know, liking the Jets. You know, we know that was a mistake, but... Um, yeah. You know, it was a great time. I don't know if I could do it. I know my uncle, I, I gave him a lot of credit. I mean, I'm a little worried about his liver. I mean, we, we were drinking a lot. I don't know if he does that every day, but it seemed like it, because what else are you going to do? Your parents <laughs> go out drinking and eat food, and he stays slim by walking around and playing golf. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. But I got home pretty late Sunday night and then had two conference days here in Chicago with my industry and so my liver needs a rest, but um, but anyway, so you know, whatever, good, big problem, you know, tough problem, legs. I mean, having a great time, so uh, can't complain. Good. Glad to hear. Yeah, I mean, getting out on the golf course, I'm sure, is another great activity in Mexico to do. Surely can't pass that up. Yeah, I mean, beautiful, beautiful place. You know, in the Caribbean there, and Yucatan Peninsula, and you know, there's so much to do there. There's a lot going on right in that strip, um, right what we were talking about, Avenida Cinco, and. We definitely checked it out, so it's good. You also um, put in the notes here, we didn't even talk about it last week, but maybe just briefly, but College Hoops started, and it's full full force for our normal listeners or new listeners this year. We will talk about College Hoops quite a bit. We'll, we'll probably start when January action, like when yeah. well playoffs are going, but there's a lot less volume of games, so we'll start talking about action has his own um, index. What do you, you, the action index, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I let so, the data simmer a little bit. I kind of, you know, the season started probably two weeks ago now, sure. and uh, I didn't really jump into it right away. I kind of let Ken Palm get going, and then I just created like the first spreadsheet a week ago or so, and I've okay. dabbled a little bit. Pretty good start for me, but I'm kind yeah. of uh, easing into it a little bit more this season as compared to years past. Yeah, I'll ease in. I'll wait. Uh, but I, I do similar stuff as you do with Ken Palm and just do a lot of analysis in preparation for my big Wags Pool, the Wags Pool, the reason why it's called Wags Pool. So definitely like to do that. Action does a really cool uh, players pool that we do for the for the tournament, which has been 
a lot of fun, and I'm sure we'll get Cole on again to discuss that. But um, no, yeah, it's definitely starting. I've seen some some action, you know, some games, and there's some really good teams. And I think a lot of the smaller teams are really kind of showing up the big boys right now. So yeah, and I recently learned that the Maui Invitational is no longer in Maui. Well, at least for this season, it's going to be in Vegas. And concurrently, I'll be there next week. So I was eyeing the schedule a little bit, maybe pick up some tickets, pop over to T-Mobile for a game or two. Yeah, you should check it out. I mean, yeah, Action's going to Vegas. He's he'll visit our proxy as we've mentioned before and do some outdoor activities. But yeah, I mean, it's they have all those tournaments there for the first beginning of the season, right? There's it's not just that one. There's usually several, so it's it's pretty cool uh, to have those early season tournaments. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's jump into the recap for week eight. I'm sorry, week ten in the NFL. Um, you know, this is kind of a broken record for the last few weeks. You know, underdogs winning. Underdog winning action. You've got nine and five. I think I had you know, ten and four. I mean, this is just every week the dogs are coming in. Road dogs doing great, six and three. Um, you know, in general, road teams are still doing very well. They're eight and six against the spread. I mean, normally speaking, in other years that it's not even close to being even for road teams. I mean, it's a home field world, so it's just flipped on its head this season. Uh, the unders came in again, huge. So if you're an under better, I mean, you're, you should be cashing tickets. I mean, unless you're picking the wrong games, it's just been incredible. Yeah. I don't really know that I have an explanation at this point for the underdogs specifically. You and I have talked quite a bit on how we expect it might come back to the middle a little bit, but doesn't appear to at least the last several weeks. So we'll see if, uh, the dogs and the unders come in again this week. I know. It's great. And then just so that there were actually three games that were affected by the spread, including the ties, as Action referenced. You know, everybody loves ties. Not no one, unless you're, if you're a soccer player. Um, so, but it's still overall for the season. If you pick the side, you're, you're doing pretty well, assuming you can, you're picking in the correct offset because there's so many underdogs that are winning outright this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in the highs, you've noted the Bills. You know, they, they obviously got back on track against a crappy opponent. This is what they do. We'll see if they can play better this week when they play against the, the Colts. But, I mean, you know, it seems like this team can feast on these this, you know, poor opponents. Yeah, I mean, another game and another week where the Bills appear to be running up the score towards the end. We've talked about in some of our handicaps where they never let their foot off the gas and late in that game again against the Jets. They're in the red zone trying to score another touchdown late and almost got one of their running backs into trouble a little bit with an injury. But Mm -hmm. uh, definitely something to pack away in the mind looking at this Bills team that likes to pile on to inferior opponents. Yeah, they did get a little bit more of the running backs this week, so they probably listened to the podcast, I'm sure. Um, But, you know, Josh Allen's the guy. He, He had a great game as well. So we'll see. Uh, you also know the Cowboys back on track. Yeah, I don't know what happened the week before against Denver, uh, but they came out against Atlanta, who's played decent lately, and just, my gosh, what's the term? Boat raced them? Yeah. I mean, this game wasn't close. It was over, I don't know, you know only midway through the second quarter this game was over. Yeah, the first quarter was close. I think it was 7-3. to three. Atlanta might have gotten on the board first with that field goal, but then right. the Cowboys scored the next 43 points. And the final is 43-3. to three. You know, I've heard on several occasions throughout the industry, folks talk about how in a normal NFL season, teams will 
usually play what their actual rating is about 10 games per year and then you've got three games where they play well above their rating and three games where they just throw out an absolute dud and they are just way below their normal rating and i think you know some of these performances recently that we've seen would really attest to that especially the cowboys the week before when they lost to the broncos 30 to zero sure sure yeah it's kind of like the the bills playing against the jags and that's just just an outlier. There has to be outliers at some point. So yeah. it makes sense. Uh, okay. So we have the Titans, you know, they did beat a good team. Uh, they, they beat the saints, solid team, especially defensively, but they won. They just didn't cover it. Finally, we, we get one of these situations where they don't cover the situation. I was noting that their projected win total is the highest in the NFL because for the most part, they've beaten all the tough teams on their schedule. They might have a couple left, mm-hmm. but they already done with the Colts. They played the chiefs. They played, a lot of good teams, so it's going to be hard to see the Titans not being at least the two seed, if not the one seed, this for the AC. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they have lost Derrick Henry at least presumably till the end of the regular season, so we'll see how that factors in as they go down the stretch. But their schedule does get pretty easy from here on out. The Jags and the Texans still on the schedule, and the Dolphins later in the year, as well as Pittsburgh. So. I do think, though, that this little run that they've been on is just leading to inflated point spreads. And I think that despite the victories, you've seen an offense that has um, been downgraded a little bit in terms of their ability to put up yards and points. No question. No question. Little little hint that Ashton may be targeting them again this week as a <laughs> non-cover. Uh, well, you got your Patriots. Okay, I'm on the Patriots bandwagon. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Okay. So obviously we, I got you to try to do the Browns last week, and that was a disaster. Partially, I think that's more against the Browns. I mean, I think that's, you know, and Baker, you know, they, they, I heard a lot on Beeson this week how, you know, there's a couple of players, Baker being one, that you have a game plan to beat him, and it's basically rushing up the middle where he can't see over the line apparently. And they went down the field, scored on the first drive, like you said with Atlanta, they got the lead early, seven zip. 45 straight points. Now, the defense also got dominated. I mean, huge domination, rushing the ball. My guy, uh, Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, just crushed it last week for me on all fantasy teams. But, you know, this Patriots defense is playing great. They're playing for each other. They're playing hard. This is, this is a good team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, they are certainly turning it on. Defense is playing well. And Mac Jones is just doing what he needs to. But mm-hmm. I... I don't really know what happened to the Browns in this contest. I guess it was just over quickly. I mean, they only put up 217 yards against yeah. that Patriots defense. So um, certainly question marks about the Browns. And as you're wondering if Nick Chubb is all that important, obviously very important to their offense. Seems like he, he might be very important to them, yes. Um, the Packers defense, you know, I we've been talking about this, and I know we kind of casually usually say the Packers defense isn't very good. The metrics say otherwise. I mean, this team is really playing better, and they're, they're number three in you know, scoring defense and yards against. They've put up three really good performances, maybe not against top-flight offenses, but and they shut out Russell Wilson for the first time in his career. I know he's coming back slow. You had him 208 yards in this game and 3.5 yards per play. That's abysmal for Seattle. Yeah. So, I mean, is it? are we looking at the wrong side of the ball when we look at the Packers? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers certainly wasn't his normal self on the other side. That game was like three to zero going into the fourth quarter and had 
me sweating a little bit on our cover, but ultimately they got some late touchdowns to get within the the margin or outside the margin. But um, the defense is playing great. Their rush defense is still a little bit lower, 24th ranked against the rush. But overall, I mean, they're up almost into the top 10 now and certainly playing above their expectation from to begin the year. Right. Agreed. Another theme, defense, Chiefs defense. Hey, the Chiefs did it. I, you know, we were against them, right? We thought that the Raiders, not only because of their performance last year, but the Chiefs just haven't been doing it. For some stupid reason, the, the Raiders decided not to employ the strategy against mm-hmm. the Chiefs. But, you know, so the Chiefs dominated, but on defense, they played well again. And this time, holding the Raiders to 50 yards rushing, and that's a decent Raiders rushing attack. And you go to 2 of 11 on, you know, third and fourth down conversion. So, this Chiefs defense has turned it around a little bit. Yeah, definitely playing well above. I mean, they they started off the season with some very difficult opponents, and I think ultimately mm-hmm. that strength of schedule probably led to some of their depressed numbers on that side of the ball. But now you're seeing some lesser opponents, and they're really playing well and certainly leading them. I mean, so now Patrick Mahomes and the offense can be a little bit lower than their you know impeccable best, and they could still be a great football team. Right, right, for sure. Let's go to the Lowe's action. This is some some bad stuff. I already kind of crapped on the the draw. So, uh, Steelers and Lions draw. Does does doesn't do any books offer that? What is it? The uh, that would be uh, astronomical price. I'm sure you could probably find it, but I wouldn't recommend ever betting on it. <laughs> but it was kind of weird that the Steelers' run defense was god awful. I mean, yeah. gosh, I mean, the Andre Swift was great, but they were running all over that Steelers defense. The Lions were. Yeah. Yeah, just an ugly game all around. I don't know if you caught any of it throughout your travels, but it was on TV often. So, Yeah, I missed it. I mean, I, I was shocked to see it was, it was 16 all at the end. I mean, but, but you know, to your credit, you know, we, we did obviously like Dan Campbell out of the bye there, get his mm-hmm. team together. They played really well. And obviously Mason Rudolph is, is a big downgrade from Ben. But, but again, I, I was just surprised that uh, – you know, they gave us some yards on the ground. But yeah, anyway. 229 rushing yards. That's a great call. I didn't pick that out of the box score. Yeah. Now, the Cardinals, they were – this is weird. This is like what we were talking about. One week, they've got Colt McCoy. They're scoring all these points against the 49ers. Next week, I guess he got knocked out of the game at some point, right? Colt McCoy or got dinged up yeah, or something. I think Straveler did come in for a couple of series. Right, but either way, they got beaten down, and really it was from the jump. I mean, Cam Newton joins the team. I didn't realize he was going to play at all. He comes in. I think he's the only NFL player ever in the history of the league to have his first two plays be a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. And then, of course, he didn't play much. He didn't need to. Your guy, Walker, was the guy. Yeah, the uh, Cardinals had a very curious game plan defensively, too. They were just sitting back and letting Walker just throw underneath stuff, I think. He finished 22 out of 29, not a ton of yards, 167 passing yards, but they were really moving the ball because the Cardinals just kept giving him that short throw every time. It was really strange and almost just a game that the Cardinals gave up clearly by sitting Murray and Hopkins. Um, I'm guessing that they're going to be turning closer to playing this week, and they just ultimately, it seemed like an organizational decision to let that one go. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure why it's an NFC game, but, you know, and then the last one is the Stafford. I, you know, 
a lot of people were big on the Rams. I'm not sure where you sat with the Rams early in the year. And obviously they had the talent on paper. It seemed like, oh, upgrade with Stafford. But this guy's not a big game quarterback, is he? And, and I mean, it's not that the 49ers are a big game team anymore, to be honest with you. But they got crushed uh, on Monday night. And it was, an, and obviously two more bad interceptions, another pick six. So what's going on here with the Rams and Stafford? Uh, well, I, I think it's just the real Matt Stafford, to be honest. Right. Uh, they can't protect him either. That does not help in the slightest. Their offensive line play has been very poor lately, and the pressure is getting to him now. Uh, he kind of looks like he and Goff are meeting towards the middle, although Goff isn't really rising. But, um, I, I mean, they're still ranked second in DVOA on offense and uh overall they've certainly dropped a little bit i'm curious to see how you have downgraded the rams after their last two performances well let's just look um the overall index they they're still up there as i will note in a minute they're still like maybe sixth i guess now but you can see it it's on i mean their defense it's interesting the yardage has gotten a little bit better you know they were giving up some points early but like 11th or 12th, you know, in that range for on defense. And like you said, the offense is still top, you know, six and seven. So I think the turnovers are really the, what's killing them now because it's mm-hmm. their differential has dropped, you know, obviously the last couple of weeks, especially. And it's just hard to overcome when you throw pick sixes. I mean, it's hard to do that in any game, but um, we'll see. And it's, it's pretty evident to me that uh, the switch from Robert Woods, who tore his ACL late last week, to OBJ is not going to be a positive for the Rams' offense. Yeah, and I, I do question the locker room with that too. But um, but we'll see. You know, they've tried to do this before, and they definitely have talent in the locker room. So let's go. You just an illusion. Some key injuries. You talked about Robert Woods. Um, uh, he's out ACL. Uh, Chase Young for Washington didn't seem to hurt him against the Bucks. We didn't talk about that game. Uh, they actually not only covered for us, but they won the game outright. Uh, Chase Young towards ACL. Maybe it's an upgrade. I mean, I, I love Chase Young, but you know, they certainly played well without him last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Baker Mayfield. He's back on the injury report on a day-to-day with the knee. Jared Goff has an oblique injury. Um, so Tim Boyle, huh? That's your guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear that David Blau wasn't in line for that start. Looks like it's going to be Tim Boyle. He of Connecticut and Eastern Kentucky. So not much pedigree there. I don't know. We've seen some, uh, you know, outlier performances. You never know. Aaron Jones got hurt in the big game uh, that we mentioned before. Uh, he was He's out, you know, one to two weeks with an MCL sprain. The A.J. Dillon guys are, are ready to go. He's looked good this year as well. So it's not a huge downgrade for the pack. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick looks like he's on the COVID list. Now, do you think he's going to play? It looks like Ben's. It says he said Big Ben's likely to play. Do you think he's he's going to play this week? I think that Ben's going to come back. I haven't seen any written reports of that, but just knowing what the protocols are now, I, I mean, uh, I guess it was late in the week though. Ten day window you know could be tough for him. Actually, now that you say that, he probably can still do it if he gets the two negative tests or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. Like when you look at the fantasy stuff, I still see him as IR, but they do have a projection next to him. But hmm. it's hard to say. Um, you've got Bosa, Char- uh, Chargers Bosa, meaning Joey and uh, Jerry Tillery 
on the COVID list for the Chargers. So that's all in the same game. That's kind of interesting to see who actually shows up in that game. Yeah. Because that's a that's big to the handicap. I mean, the defenses, especially, you know, if they don't have those two guys, I mean, those are two of their best defenders on the line. Yeah, there there's COVID question marks on both sides of that game, without a doubt. And then some other notes. I mean, I know you're excited. Joe Flacco's back. I didn't realize that they dusted off Joe Flacco. The Jets are going to start Flacco. I mean, why not? It looks like they don't want um, our guy Mike White to get the get the job, so they're benching him so right. that way Wilson can come back and take the job, right? Precisely. Yeah, they, they don't want uh, – I think they've realized that Mike White is not their quarterback of the future, and they don't want to trot him out there and have him perform well again. Right. And then lastly, we mentioned Cam Newton. He's actually going to start for the Panthers this week. We'll talk about that in the handicaps. Not sure how I feel about it, but, I mean, you know, good for him. I mean, obviously, he had some weird stuff in, in New England, but um, he probably is better than P.J. Walker. Yeah, what can you say? All right, let's go to the, the index indices we've got uh, for the WEGS index. You know, similar to DVOA, looks like, you know, Bill's still number one and kind of way number one because of all these cream puffs they crush. The Cardinals are still two, a little surprised by that. But they've been going down in the numbers. Cowboys up to three. There's my team, or your team. The Patriots at number four. Uh, they're just with a bullet right now, just rising up every week. Uh, Bucks down to five. You mentioned the Rams at six and the Packers at seven. Those are kind of the teams that are kind of a cut above the rest. And it looks pretty similar to DVOA. Yeah, real similar. I mean, the Rams dropped down after two subpar performances, but... Bills are back at one, followed by the Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals, and the Patriots jump up to number five similarly. So very much in line with your numbers. One thing that I did pick out, though, is San Francisco is quietly rising in the ranks on DVOA, number seven now, hmm. despite their terrible record. Interesting. Yeah, they're definitely still middle of the pack for me. Um, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The, team, the next teams I have are like the Colts, Saints, and Browns, Titans. Those are the next kind of tier. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. well, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, that's kind of what's great about these as they play. That we'll, we'll make better. And there's plenty of games left. Like, you know, I think about it. At this point of the year, usually you're looking at the downhill stretch. But, you know, there's teams that only played nine games. I mean, there's still eight more games for that. Or, right? Eight more games this yep. year. So, yep. it really, it's only about the halfway point. So, there's still a whole half a season left for this for the season. Let's talk about the lines here. And, you know, we were talking before the podcast, you know, it doesn't look like there's a lot of craziness like we've seen the last couple of weeks with, you know, hey, Dak Prescott's going to be out or Kyler Murray or something. So we may have to play it straight this week, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. So the first game, obviously, is tonight. We won't, we won't actually pick it, but... New England is going to Atlanta. New England is on a roll. Uh, they open as a four-point favorite on the road, 46-point total. In the contest, it's six and a half, even though the market's between six and a half and seven, and the total's up to 47. Now, is there any way to go with Atlanta here just because it's normally home teams do do decent on Thursday night sometimes, as we saw last week mm-hmm. uh, with, with the Dolphins? But, I mean, the Patriots are on a roll, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, but I, I think this is way too big of an adjustment, when, especially yeah. on a short week. I think 
you mentioned it, the look ahead on this game was four points. And now after the big New England win and the lackluster performance by Atlanta, this thing's been adjusted all the way to seven and seven and a half peaked at one point this week before you saw some pretty sharp money coming back on Atlanta. So I've, I played Atlanta at seven. We certainly wouldn't consider it for our contest and considering it's also a six and a half, it's just a pass obviously, but I did play some Falcons. Gotcha. Okay. I'm not going against the pass these days, so that's fair. <laughs> Losing us picks and money. So, all right, here we go. Detroit on Saturday, Detroit and Cleveland, uh, Detroit, I'm sorry, Cleveland up as a 10 point favorite at home, 46 and a half point total. It's 11 in the contest. The market's around 11 and a half, 43 and a half point total. So the total ticked down, uh, I guess that might be a Jerry Goff adjustment. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that there's probably a couple points between him and Tim Boyle, even though right. Goff has not played well this season and the weather is supposed to be very poor on Sunday in Cleveland. And so I, I was kind of, honestly, I was looking at Jared Goff and just knowing his propensity to not be able to hold on to the football in adverse <laughs> conditions that uh, the Browns could be a play. I mean, I still do like the Browns at 11, mm-hmm. um, Going to Tim Boyle, I just think this is a big bounce back spot for the Browns. And we, I keep going back to this trend of the Lions with their zigzag. They are still on pace week in, week out, and they got their cover last week. And their big tie, they got their rah-rah tie, and I think they're going to come back to earth this week. And it leaves them open for the zag, the positive zag against the Bears next week. I do think that's going to be their win uh, if they get one this year. So So we'll see. I get the zigzag. Let's put it as a yellow for Cleveland. It's right at the, about, about the number, but again, having that backup quarterback's got to be an advantage for, for Cleveland. And obviously so, you have to monitor Ch- Nick Chubb's status because uh, I, I have no interest in Cleveland if he's not playing. Exactly. Uh, next game, San Francisco going to Jacksonville. So this is a long trek for, for San Francisco to get down there. Uh, Jacksonville, I'm sorry, San Francisco opens a five-and-a-half point favorite on the road, 47-point total. In the contest, it's six-and-a-half. 45 and a half point total. So interesting situation. You know, obviously the Niners look like gangbusters on Monday night. Uh, the Jags, you know, aren't a great football team. Don't love this number though. I think it's a little too high. I'm not saying to get on board with the Jags. That's not what I'm saying. Not for the contest, but you know, I got this game as more of a three and a half, four spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little surprised that it's so robust. Uh, do you think that San Francisco's just turned it around? Is that, and what's happening? No, I don't. I I think that San Francisco just has Sean McVay's number. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like six games in a row that they've trounced the Rams, and they went back. The Rams are just too soft for them, and I'm not so yeah. sure that they're going to have that same edge against this Jaguars team who's pretty young and, and uh, ready to get after it on defense. I, I Honestly, I like the Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence has been picking up his play lately as well Mm -hmm. and they showed a ton of fight last week and coming back against indianapolis you want to put them as a yellow or are you just saying or stay away no i i would definitely consider putting jacksonville on the card wow yellow for the jags let's do it i mean they they're not in london but (laughs) they have been playing better the last couple weeks surprisingly yeah Early start for San Francisco, too, and out of conference going on the road to Jacksonville. I think it's a tough situational spot for them. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, this is a big game, probably the best game in the AFC here. Indianapolis going to Buffalo. This is a playoff matchup last year that, that we liked. Um, Buffalo obviously opened as a seven-point favorite at home, 50-point total. That's basically what it is right now. It's kind of weird that it's just totally static like that. You know, on paper, this number is pretty good in terms of the metrics, but we've kind of talked about this overinflation of the Bills based on their strength of schedule. So mm-hmm. are you on board with the Colts going to – going up there and, and put up a fight and getting within this number. Yeah, I definitely like Indianapolis in this game. Again, this is a rematch of the divisional playoff game last year, and I think the exact same number, too, if I remember. The Bills were a seven-point favorite, and Indianapolis was covering the entire game and had an opportunity mm-hmm. to win it in the end, ultimately losing by three. But I think that... Um, The Bills are somewhat overrated based on the wins that they have turned out this season. The covers, rather. I mean, you're looking at their record, and they have just covered against bad teams. Jets, Houston, Washington, and Miami. They also did cover against Kansas City in the big one on Sunday Night Football. But despite that, their their cover streak isn't really that impressive. Yeah, my reticence is only that... The Colts' pass defense isn't great. Mm-hmm. They've given up so many touchdown passes, and that's where obviously their strength. I mean, the Bills. So yeah. it's not like you know you got to run the ball against that Colts defense to score. So, but I I do think seven is too big. And I mean, this is a potential playoff match. I know that the Colts have a ways to go, but I still think they can get in the playoffs this year. This is a big win for the big game for them. Yeah. What do you think about on the other side the Colts matchup offensively versus the Bills defense? Because Jonathan Taylor has been feasting lately, obviously, and we know that the Bills have a great run defense themselves. Right. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. This will be the proof in the pudding. I just think that the Bills' defense, as as good as they are, they haven't played an offensive line like the Colts. Mm-hmm. I think that they're still going to run the football here. And I, I don't think it'll be like, you know, if Taylor's going to have 250 yards or something. But I think that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be able to move the ball it is going to be on Wentz not turning the ball over. Okay, so I think the run offense will be fine. It's just can can Wentz make the plays that he needs to make and not be stupid with the with the football. Right. So what do you think? Just pass, presumably, or or? Uh... No, I mean I'd be on the Colts here. Okay. I'm just I'm just kind of throwing for the for the listeners, you know. Yeah. We both like these guys, and we've been for a few weeks. I mean, the Colts have turned the corner, so. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. Sure. There's two sides to every game, no doubt. That's right. All right, here we go. Miami's going to the Jets. This is a, <laughs> a humdinger in the AFC East. Uh, the Miami opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 45-and-a-half-point total. They're up to three in the contest, 45-point total. Ugh, this is a – I just want to stay away. I, I mean, <laughs> in, normally speaking, I would say you can't put – the Dolphins as a road favorite with three points, right? That's impossible. But this Jets team is, they're really bad. Really bad. Yeah. I'll admit, I, earlier in the week, I bet on the Jets plus three. Sure you did. And uh, thinking that it was a good contrarian spot with Miami coming off of the big Thursday night win and cover over the Ravens and the Jets looked like trash last weekend. And then I saw the report that they're going to start Joe Flacco and my I was appalled at that decision I the only explanation that it can be is that they're just 
they are seemingly throwing in the white towel on this game and the white flag, whatever it's called, and yeah. they're just going out there to lose. So to me, it has to be Miami or nothing. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be nothing in the contest. Okay. I'm not doing it. Okay. You know, I mean, look, they played great last week, and I, I think that they they did some things. You know, Flores is a good defensive mind. They were talking about, we'll talk maybe about the Ravens later, but they they went cover zero and just blitzed the hell out of them. You know, so maybe they've got, maybe they're starting to pick it up. I just, you know, the Jets could could play great. You know, I I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with this team. Mm-hmm. Flacco could have a good game like White had a good game. You know, I mean, it's it's weird, but divisional spot, I don't love it. You know, I don't I don't love a team that's not that great to be favored on the road like that. That's fair. So. Happy to pass. All right, here's an interesting one. Washington obviously got up to Schneid and, and won a good game last week going to Carolina. Carolina opened as a two-point favorite at home, 43-point total. It's up to three-and-a-half in the contest at that same 43. So this is they're seeing this as a defensive battle, mm-hmm. but they're giving three-and-a-half, which is a big advantage to Washington. And, you know, we've been on Washington. They burned us several times. They, they caught us last week. I can't be on Carolina's side here. I, I don't know about Cam being back there, if that's a good or bad thing. They played great last week. I just think this is too big of a number for a team that's you know, they've got a good defensive line, no question. Yeah. But Washington's been able to move the ball on pretty much anybody this year. It's really just the defense, and if the defense plays well, it's going to be a dogfight here. Yeah, I agree that the three-and-a-half number it certainly shows some value to the Washington side. Um, I think it's a good number for the contest, getting the hook, and it obviously is looking like it's going to be a lower-scoring game. Um Part of me thinks, though, that Washington's strong performance last week just has something to do with the matchup versus the Bucks. I think you wrote yeah. about it in your blog that mm-hmm. they just match up well with them for whatever reason. And Heineke played like the game of his career again right. after the playoffs last season. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And, um, mm. you know, it's Ron Rivera's going up against his old team and now his old quarterback. And I think sure. that's probably a pretty big matchup advantage for the Washington side because out of anybody in this league, he certainly, as a defensive mind, should know how to stop Cam. He should. And I also think that Cam starting now is not going to be a good thing all of a sudden. I mean, he got cut from the Patriots after a dismal season last year. I mean, yeah. is it projected that he's going to come out and all of a sudden be able to throw the ball this week? I don't think so. Well, or run. I mean, you know, you know what Cam's great at? He's running, running the football. Yeah. And it's a young defensive line. I mean, they, they the Washington defense has struggled because, you know, the, the secondary is not very good, right? right? They're yep. just getting the ball, couldn't get off the field on third down. <clears throat> Cam's not an accurate thrower. I, I don't – I think it's about McCaffrey here. Can you stop McCaffrey? Yeah. And maybe they can't. I'm not sure. But um, it should be an interesting game. I, I – I'm happy to stay away too, action. We don't have to be on the side here, but I might be on the Washington side if we go anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I like Washington. I think we should highlight them and talk a little bit more about it. One thing I did hear late today is that Montez Sweat might be on the injury report as well. So something to monitor with loss of Young, adding Sweat to that too would certainly not help the pass rush. For sure. Okay, here we go. Uh, the Bears coming up. The buyer hosting the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens open as a six-point favorite on the road, forty-five and a half or forty-five point total. In the contest, it's four and a half. 
So down from the opener at 45 point total, you know, you got to think, and I, I'm happy to stay away from this one too. You got to think that the Ravens are going to come out and just explode on the bears because of the loss at Miami. Um, unless they see, they saw something on tape that they can replicate in Chicago, but 45, four and a half is not a great number. I, I don't love it. Um, for either side, really. So I'm happy to pass action, but I'd probably be on Baltimore here, even though the Bears are coming up to buy. Yeah, some uh, pretty sharp money come in on the Bears already this week. It was six, and you saw a wave come in and knock it down to the current four and a half. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if that is partially due to Justin Fields and his strong performance the last time out against the Steelers, a good defense in their own right. Sure. Um, I think the buy is probably another tick mark on their side of the handicap here. And I also wonder if teams are now going to try and replicate that defense that Flores and the Dolphins employed last week of just sending all-out blitzes at Lamar to stop the run game. Do you think that the Bears are capable of being flexible and, and taking an approach like that? They are. I mean, there's no question that they are. I think that um, I think it's more about the Bears' offense. So if we think that Fields is going to replicate it and be a guy who can – because, I mean, the Bears' offense is right at the bottom. I mean, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, so I think last week you know, with Baltimore, it was interesting. They, they did get in the red zone here and there. You know, they didn't score enough in the end. I mean, that game was a slow start game too, and all of a sudden the fourth quarter kind of popped off. I just kind of feel like I don't know if the Bears can keep up with the Ravens scoring-wise. That's all. I think they'll probably slow down the Ravens from completely destroying them, but I'm thinking more Harbaugh is not going to let this team play bad. With the extra time off, I'm sure there's been a lot of coaching going on mm-hmm. um, because it was a Thursday night to you know, Sunday night trek, so it's almost like a mini-buy for them. Yeah. Baltimore defense is pretty poorly rated in their own right, though. 25th ranked in DVOA and 24 against the pass. So I wonder if Fields is – what kind of – points output do you think the bears would have to get to to cover this like you're looking at 21 20, i mean obviously the odds tell us 21 yeah. would get there yeah that's probably well i mean you're looking i mean the total's pretty low right yeah, it's 45. 45 i mean so what that's a 24 20 game that's somewhere in that range yeah i mean to get to that cover it's only 20 points it's not that many points admittedly um I don't know. We'll see. I just something tells me Baltimore's Baltimore's going to come back with a fury here. That's all. It's it's more of a it's not quantitative. It's qualitative here. Sure. But, sure. Yeah. I'm sure we'll watch the Bears and they'll they'll romp, which would be great. I would love to see that. <laughs> all right. Let's stay away. Okay. All right. This one's interesting. New Orleans goes to Philadelphia. Philadelphia opened as a pick in this game. 43.5 point total. They're up to a one and a half point favorite at home. Same total. This is one of these teams that you, the Sharps love. They've loved them all season. We've kind of discussed it a little bit. They, I guess it's the defense. You know, they played great against the Broncos last week and won outright. Kind of a surprising outcome. But the Saints, I don't know, man. I mean, can't they stop this offense? I mean, they, they their offense is, well, they played good in the second half last week. And we're almost and got the cover, but um, I just kind of worry that the I, I wouldn't. I guess what I'm trying to say is I go on the Saints versus 
Philadelphia. I just think that the Saints are going to figure out how to slow down Hurts, but maybe 43 might be too too high of a total here. Yeah, I uh, definitely think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I, I played first half under 21 points in this one because I think the Saints are really an under team. And uh, mm-hmm. it looks like Alvin Kamara still has not practiced this week. So, again, like we talked about last week, definitely someone to monitor in this game. But I think the handicap is the Saints run defense against the Eagles rushing offense because lately, earlier on in the season, we chastised the Eagles for not running the ball more. Well, ever since then, they have totally flipped the script. And uh, they are handing the ball off 29 times a game. But I don't think that's going to work this week against a Saints rush defense, which is in the top three in the league. So it's going to have to fall on Jalen Hurts to complete some passes this week. And I personally think that the Saints are capable of stopping this offense. So I I like the underdog Saints in this one. Yeah, me too. I think that they're, they're a really good road team now. You know, the Saints, we talked about that before on the mm-hmm. podcast. And, and they showed it last week, even with Trevor Simeon. They, they probably should have, well, whatever, came to two-point conversion or something at the end. But, you know, they had a good chance in that game, starting slow in that game, too. Mm-hmm. They didn't play great offensively, but then they figured it out. I just think Philly, but again, I'm sure there's going to be sharp money in Philly, you know, and in right. the contest for some reason. But this line movement shows me that, but I, I don't like it. I don't think that's right. I think... It should, should have stayed around that, you know, pick them or you know, really around a pick makes makes sense to me. Yeah. For the listeners out there, I'm doing this myself. and going to wait until absolute game time on this one because every week we've seen money come in on the Eagles. And I think there's a decent chance this one might get pushed up towards three on Sunday morning. Yeah, that'd be that'd be I mean, not good for the contest, but good for good for you, the better. Mm-hmm. The OK, here we go. Uh, here's actions. Nugget of the week, uh, Houston going to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee opened as a 10-point favorite at home, 46.5-point total. It's 10 in the contest as well, 45-point total. You like the Texans in this uh, this one. Is that is that because you're a Tyrod guy, or you just think the, <laughs> it's an inflated line here for the Titans? Yeah, it's the, I do like Tyrod, but he hasn't really lit the world on fire since his return from injury. Uh, but no, you nailed it. This is just another fade of the Titans and their uh, lack of offense since the loss of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, for them, for a team with this offense to lay a number like 10 points, even against the lowly Houston Texans, is just way too many. Right, right. You're not wrong. Uh, plus the total, we talked about this before, the total being 45. I mean, that's... You know, it's, it's a total domination. So this is a divisional game. I mean, as bad as Houston is, they're used to playing the Titans a couple times a year, and usually the, that results in closer spreads. I mean, that's kind of how it's traditionally, historically. And so, you know, the, the road dog here, it, it, we've seen it all season. I don't know if I can get on board with Houston in our contest, but I understand the logic for sure. Um, well, we'll talk about it on Sunday. We can put a yellow. We got a lot of yellows this week, action, but – we kind of go down to who do we trust? <laughs> do we yeah. trust? And uh, Texans coming off of a bye too. I think that they're going to have obviously a rest advantage. And we, I mean, Tennessee has continued winning, but I'm going to say it again: the stretch of games that they've played recently has just been high leverage situation six, week in week six, out. Six straight wins, man. This team doesn't. I mean, they're they're incredible. So. Yep. All right, let's talk about another divisional matchup. This one o'clock window is robust with uh, games here. 
Uh, Green Bay is going to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, oh, I'm sorry, Green Bay is open as a two and a half or two point favorite on the road, 15 and a half point total. It's down to one and a half, even though the market's like two and a half, which maybe that's something that Circa is seeing. 48 point, 48 and a half point total here. I did like Minnesota at the bigger number, um, two and definitely two and a half. It looks like the contest is thinking that the Sharps and, and a guy like me is loving Minnesota, so they're thinking it's going to get bet down. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on this game? Yeah, I mean, this is the sharp pick of the week is the Vikings. Uh, I mean, this is just a tale of two different teams in terms of their luck this season. The Vikings have been one of the most unlucky teams in the league with close losses across the board. And on the flip side, Green Bay has been pulling out those same contests. I mean, you think back to the Vikings contest. I'm sorry, the, the Bengals. Both teams have played the Bengals this year, and the Packers ended up with an overtime victory, and Minnesota lost in a late field goal. And um, I think that you're getting a team here that is fairly even on paper when you also mm-hmm. factor in the loss of Aaron Jones and uh, Aaron Rodgers still presumably not quite back to full health. I think that uh, getting the Vikings as a home underdog here in a must-win game is a huge, huge plus. Agreed. All right, let's do it. I'm on the green. I'm okay this time. All right. Well, it's a sharp pick of the week, but I, I, I'm on board with it too, so I, I, I see where it's coming from. Okay, uh, let's see. We've got Cincinnati against Las Vegas. Uh, this is in Vegas again. Not sure the Cincinnati fans travel, but um, since Vegas open as a it's a pick 'em at the opener, 48 and a half point total. The Bengals are up to a one point favorite on the road, 49 and a half point total. I mean, this is right where it kind of should be in my mind. It's it's Vegas is probably not the better team. They're about even, but I think Cincinnati's a little bit better than them. But they have been trending downward. I don't know if this is a coaching thing with Zach Taylor. But they're not playing quite as good as they did in the first, say, eight, seven, eight games of the year. Vegas just, ugh, man, it was a dud on, on um, yeah. was it night. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I'd like to stay away because <laughs> I don't know where to go on this one, actually. But what do you think of? Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I haven't been able to peg the Raiders games very well this season and similarly have some trouble with the Bengals two straight losses against the spread for Cincinnati and now they're coming off the bye. So you would think that gives them a little bit of an edge, but um, I'm also happy to pass in this game. I do think there's going to be plenty of points though. Evidence of the 49 and a half on the total. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Let's pass that one. We've got Arizona, Seattle Uh, Cardinals travel to Seattle. So it's interesting. Seattle opens a two point opener. I'm not sure when that was, but 15 and a half point total, but now it's flipped back to the Cardinals at minus two, 48 point total. When I was looking a couple days ago, it was a pick. So you're thinking that it opened up with Murray not playing and now they, it is playing and, and therefore that's why the Cardinals are favored? Yeah, presume maybe. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know what that look ahead number is about. That's kind of interesting. I, I guess I didn't catch that. It, that could be. Um, I did see as we logged on here that Kyler Murray did practice today. So okay. that combined with this current point spread at two, two and a half leads me to think that he's going to be out there. I'm not so sure about um, Hopkins, but I do expect that AJ Green is going to be back. And Rondell Moore did play last week uh, despite his injury. So 
I personally think that Arizona is a play here. I do not like what I saw out of the Seahawks last week, obviously. <laughs> and uh, I think that you're going to see a much more renewed focus for the Cardinals this week as they get back into the division and really look to put a stranglehold on it. Now, we see in that division more than any other, it seems like there are matchup advantages you know, that, that come up a lot. So what traditionally has Arizona done against Seattle? Who is the team that is, or is it just a split in this one? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that uh, if, based on my memory, the Seahawks usually have an edge in this game. But let me pull it up here. Um, No, I I take that back. Uh, You had last season they split with the home team winning both games. And then the season prior to that, it was also a split with the, the away team winning both games. So it looks to be pretty even in this one. I'm not sure that Cliff necessarily is involved in that trium- triumvirate. I think it's more of the Seahawks, Niners, and, and Rams that are right, right. in that. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Well, do you have a strong lean? I mean, you'll put this on the card, or do you think you'd just you'd go Cardinals if you had to? I, I do have a strong lean. I, I think that I would be very interested in playing on the Cardinals. Okay. Look, if... To me, if the Cardinals, I mean, obviously if Murray plays, I, I got to do it. I mean, they're they're much better on paper. I mean, like in my index, it's like eight or nine points better, right? But again, he doesn't play, then I'm I'd like to back away. Sure. Um, I'm not, you know, oh, on board backups there. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. If Murray's out, I think it's a strong pass. Right. All right, so uh, Dallas going to Kansas City, the marquee game in the 4 o'clock window, probably the, really the rest of the window here. Uh, Dallas going to Kansas City. Kansas City is two-and-a-half-point favorite at home in the opener, 52-point total. It's the same, two-and-a-half, but a 56-point total now for the most part across the board. It's weird, actually. We talked about before the pod. I, yeah, Kansas City played great against the Raiders, who did not employ the defense. Um Dallas is much better on paper. Again, you know, I don't. It's going to take a while for the Chiefs to get their metrics all the way back, not just one performance. I, I mean, I think the total could be it could be an under game given the, the way these defenses have played. But I, I'd be in the Cowboys here. I, I can't get on board with the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree, and I like your thought about a sneaky underplay. Maybe wait till kickoff or about and let the public continue driving that total up. Right, but. Uh, the Dallas defense is fourth ranked in DVOA and third against the pass. So right. uh, I think that they definitely match up well against this Kansas City offense. And I think that currently, given their current form, that Dak is on par with Mahomes on the other side. So I uh, I certainly think that the Cowboys are going to have some success on offense this weekend. And I agree, I would line up with the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm curious if it's just, you know, not that the Cowboys should be favored, but, I mean, on my numbers they are. But, I mean, I'm saying, like, because they're trying to balance, okay, people, Chiefs are a betting team, a public team, and blah, blah, blah. But it's just kind of a strange number. It's just kind of like, oh, we're just going to put two and a half. We did that last week, and it worked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on board with Dallas. I mean, you don't have to go green if you don't want to, but I'm, I'm on that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the point spread, same number, but considering the change in venue sure. it is a little bit different. I mean, I don't think the odds makers are trying to rate the Raiders and the Cowboys equally. But um, it's, I mean, 
we've talked about home field advantage, it's a lot closer than it would be in a normal year. I mean, you're talking about a number here that tells us Dallas is maybe a point or a point and a half better than the Raiders, and I don't think that's true. So, no way. Not a chance. Not a chance. I, I agree. I think we should green highlight green the Cowboys. Well, I'm getting some greens already. A lot of picks this week. Okay, uh, last two games, uh, Pittsburgh going to the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers open as a three-point favorite, 48.5-point total. They're all the way up to 6.5 now, 48.5-point total now. I don't know when that opener came out, if that had to do it before Ben or, or after Ben or what, but you think Ben might play, and the Chargers are getting more love. I, I, I don't like that. I, I think the Chargers, I like this team, but I think they're kind of like Cincinnati. They're getting a little cooled off. They're not playing quite as well uh, in show, showdown games. They haven't played great this year. And in this one, I mean, I don't know. And Pittsburgh hasn't scored a lot of points. That's definitely the truth of the case. But this defense, I mean, Pittsburgh could maybe run the ball, possibly. Um, and more importantly, I think the defense is going to play pretty good against the Chargers. But I don't know, what do you think? I think I'm going to make some Sunday night dinner plans and uh, skip this <laughs> game altogether. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why they are showing this game on Sunday Night Football. They should have made the no-brainer decision to slot this out for something different. But yes. uh, the COVID uncertainties on both sides just really makes me want to pass this game in all seriousness. Sure. I think that Pittsburgh is going to be in a whole heap of trouble if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play. But on the flip side, I mean, you have a Chargers defense that is dead last against the run. And Najee Harris is coming to town. So I think that uh, you could see a lot of yardage from that man. I'm certainly going to be looking to play some Harris props on Sunday night. But for our contest, I think we should pass. Great. Love it. Sweet. <laughs> and then the Monday night game, another kind of stinker. But these teams actually played on Monday night last year. The Giants go to Tampa. Tampa open as a 12.5 point favorite at home. 51 point total. It's 11 in the contest. And a 15.5 point total, right around that same mark, 50, 50.5. You know, I don't like Tampa with this number, to be honest with you, but I, I'm happy to pass because uh, you know, the Giants are the Giants. But, um, you know, use that any number of um, simple handicaps like Tampa in prime time and the Giants are great on as dogs on the road. So I just don't know if I want to put it in the contest. Yeah, and last year I think it was like, Similar spot, same number, and the Giants played him really tough, remember? They And uh, I, I agree with you, though. I think we should pass my um, contrary opinion to that is that Tom Brady was pretty clearly pissed off last week after the Washington loss, and I yeah. imagine that Tampa's going to come out spitting fire on Monday night. Good good point, good point. Uh, my, my Ravens handicap comes in on this one for you. So, all right, let's pass. Yep. We've got plenty of, to choose from. Yep. Let's review the picks that we that we like this week. We do like Cleveland at home, at least as a yellow uh, 11 and a half at home against Detroit. The zigzag theory. Jacksonville uh, getting six and a half at home against 49ers. Uh, you know, that's obviously a little letdown spot. The Colts going to the Bills and getting seven points on the road. We like Washington getting three and a half in Cam's debut at Carolina as the starter. And then those are, of course, another yellow. The other yellow is Houston getting 10 points on the road at Tennessee. The ones we feel much stronger about in the green category would be the Saints uh, going to uh, the Eagles getting one and a half. 
Minnesota playing at home, getting one and a half. Arizona laying the two on the road at Seattle. And lastly, Dallas getting two and a half on the road. So a lot of a lot of dogs, obviously, in this this mix, but uh, kind of follows it a lot of a lot of road teams. Yeah, yeah, true. A lot of road teams, a lot of dogs. Certainly, based on the season so far, can't go wrong there. We do have a lot of highlights on here, man. I didn't realize they added up that quickly. Loving every game. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have some discussions, but we do have several greens, so maybe we'll just limit. We've got four greens already, and we yeah. can we can revisit, of course. Yep. But, uh, well, let's get into the contest update. So, yeah, not a great week for us. Went two and three last week. We kind of, the Colts kind of failed us a little bit. And then we had some surprises, which a lot of people did. I think the consensus went two and three as well. But the guys at the top are still rocking it. Uh, 38 and 12, so that's 76%. And the top two guys, the top 50 are 34 and 16, that's 68%, doing very well. We're at 52% now, actually, at 26, 23 and one. Not terrible. Uh, we're at 1,654th place, and then the two and three isn't great for the start of the third quarter, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's eight eight games back out of the top 50, certainly within striking distance. We just need some big weeks here ahead of us, and I think we're capable. Yeah, we are, and we've got you know we've got the extra week obviously this year, so just like the NFL teams, you know, we can we can do better, and you know, as long as we can maybe get on the positive side and not do the two and threes, get more three and twos and four and ones again, we'll be, we'll be in shape. So, all right. We'll follow us at side action pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31 S Roberts. All right, everybody, let's get back on track and enjoy your weekend. Action. Have a great trip. Thanks. We'll do. That's a wrap for this episode of the side action podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.